All right. Well, welcome back to the Candy Corner. I'm Ken. This is Andy, where we talk about a couple of different things, trying to make ends meet. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. We haven't shown a podcast online in a while. And I mean, we could say that it was for a lot of, you know, obvious reasons, personal family things. But honestly, for me, it's just there's 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 that and there's the other element where I just feel overwhelmed with how much insanity has been going on in our uh, political climate. Um, when, when I look at it from a biblical standpoint, as well as a world economical place, it just, it's so insane. It's so um, much fun. It is the most fun. I've had so much fun in the last two weeks, just watching I mean, the it's, news. It's literally to the point where, um, people I know are gone from, it's a conspiracy theory that you need to stock up on, um, um, survival food and stuff like that to, that's legitimately what we're doing. We're shifting funds from different projects and different uh, from the col- from the kids' college fund to uh, uh, a seed vault. <laughs> don't worry, kids. You don't need the college degree. I got zucchini <laughs> seeds for fucking days. <laughs> we'll have apples, son, but they're all going to be owned by Ma- Mon- uh, Monsanto. Monsanto. <laughs> son of a bitch. They're the you know, remember when everybody was all excited about seedless watermelon? And then I started as a kid when, when that came out, I was like, whoa, seedless watermelon. That's awesome. And then after maybe my second piece, I started thinking, how do we get more watermelon then? And then I was you like, were told, work. be quiet. Shh, yep. Then I was told, talking. just enjoy your little fruit snack. And <laughs> have you taken your pills today? You need some pills. Boy, why haven't you and taken your pills? I was on and I don't remember much after that for the next two or three years i was sending ken for those of us uh who live in the third world morocco that don't have a uh, fucking access to the video um <laughs> i was sending him ads from the 50s where they were just talking about like you could just go get over the counter fucking meth and they're like oh give it to you it's good for you the 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 slow man is a depressed man speed your shit up yeah. <laughs> slow man is a depressed man and that i i was reading a uh a uh like public health study from like 19 i don't know what it was but they're like <laughs> the soldiers coming back from europe so what they used to do was they'd take meth and they'd lick they'd turn it into this like oil and they'd put it in like a asthma inhaler and you're supposed to take a puff a day for a little bump an OG whip it, if you will. You go, ah, and then you could you could get through that it's fucking a little 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 little. Mm. And so, <laughs> what the guys were doing was they were breaking open the nebulizers and then just drinking it straight, <laughs> like five times a day. <laughs> God, Lee. <laughs> Pharmaceutical grade meth. <laughs> I wrote a book. What's it about? I have no idea. Where is it? I ate it. It's what? in my teeth. <laughs> it was it, the fucking fifties, man. Everyone was so we all absolutely tweakers. These wholesome times and full of, you know, moral... everybody was a bunch of fucking tweakers. It was great. Yeah. I remember it was like fun. That the this one paper I was reading was like America's history with amphetamine abuse. <laughs> Why are Americans speed freaks? Well, here's the thing. After the Civil War, we made, a so- we made a soda with a half a pound of cocaine per gallon, okay? And it starts there, and then we just kind of kept going with it. To the point now, we're always speed freaks. 
We're speed junkies. Man. But at least we're not downers. All right. We're not in that heroin shit. All right. We're That's all right. in we're the uppers, fucking. Baby. We're all. We're, we're. We only go up. We only go up. Okay. It's what happens when you're the champion. When you're the That's world right. champion. You pay the price. You bleed and you sweat. Oh. I've been watching Ric Flair again. I've relapsed. Relapsed. So Listen, there was a right, change. Calm down with the salutes. All right. Calm down. We're trying to be YouTube friendly. I'm trying right? to get this camera to focus. Oh, is that what that was? Chill out with your look. We all know how this is going to end. Okay. Hawaii goes into the ground, into the ocean, and no one remember. Like, was that a part of America? Eh, is that like Puerto Rico? No, no, not like that. Nah. We don't get we don't get Ricky Martin out of Hawaii. No. All right. But we get obesity and meth. So right. that's something. So let's uh let's start this off real quick. Um we're we're digressing down rabbit hole on rabbit hole. Today is August 29th, Sunday, 2021. Um correct me if I'm wrong, but at this point, Monday tomorrow. So we have less than 12 hours. Not even that, because of the other time zone in the world. Everything is gonna be done over there, correct? I don't know what done. Oh yeah, it's supposed to be already done. Well, what I was gonna say is, um, well, didn't they already say that they got pushed back seventy two? For those who don't know, done overseas is FK, FSS Krakistan. Uh, yes, uh, done is they, they, they said they got pushed our, back seventy two hours, so they're supposed to already be done by now. They're supposed to be done yesterday. Done as far as getting any and all um, personnel. Everybody else better fucking walk. Good. <laughs> out out. The rough estimation that I've heard from different outlet sources from the Hill, from conservative left wing, doesn't matter. It's pretty concise. 10 to 30,000 blue passport carrying American citizens left. 10 to 30,000 American citizens. That's not including uh, people of interest, um, you know, yeah. interpreters, whatever the case may be. It's just our guys that we brought over there for business. And then we decided uh, it wasn't Here's another lucrative. thing that I found out. <laughs> yeah. So I personally have had multiple um, offers from different agencies. I'm not going to list names. Um, See, who within the past year have given um, potential job opportunities to work overseas as a contract medic. Uh, some of those positions paid as high as uh, $80,000 with 90% tax free with a two year sign up. Um, you're talking when, when we say, when you hear, I just want to be as accurate as possible. When we hear American citizens in Afghanistan, we're not talking about military. No, not at this point. We're talking people who think about this on a military base. You're going to have a PX of some form. You're going to have food um, of some kind, whether it be a franchise that comes in that's partnered with the military on different bases, like KFC, like McDonald's, like Burger King, Green like Church's Chicken. You're going to have businesses that are contracted and they subcontract through um, third party corporations that vet people, do background checks, do um, different forms of vetting. And they contract American citizens to then go over to Baghdad, Fallujah, Darfur, Kuwait, Somalia, Baghdad, Iraq, Afghanistan, wherever we have a, Germany, wherever we have a base. Anywhere in the extended up, empire. Correct. Anywhere and everywhere that we have a base that would be big and large enough to need the accommodation of said 
facilities that can, within reason, adequately provide support and protection for said civilians. These people who signed up to do civilian contracting jobs, and, and again, the first thing when you hear civilian contract jobs, you think of like a mercenary, someone in a hot zone doing, doing the wet work. These people were flipping burgers. Mm-hmm. Electricians, plumbers, whatever. Yes. IT support, hooking up, um, you know, Everything. cell towers, all that kind of stuff. Pretty much a form of infrastructure that you would have in any major city you're going to find in a military installation. So 10 to 30,000 American citizens, that ought to tell you the vast amount, just, just give the average person who may not understand or even know where Afghanistan is on a map, just give you a general understanding of how big our footprint was over there. And within 72 hours, gone, mm-hmm. gone, 72 hours. <laughs> and it took 20 years to put all those Wrecked. feet on years. the fucking ground. And then 72 hours, we're supposed to be able to pull them all the fuck out. Right. So hearing Donald Trump speak, how he's attested to the pull-up plan was that was performed was not his. Um, that is from my understanding, my gathering true. Now, generally what uh, Andy and I have been trying to do is provide links to resources. Um, I unfortunately have dropped the ball on my end. I don't have any of my links available at this moment. I can pull them up during our conversation. It's going to take me a minute, do it Jamie style from out Joe Rogan kind of thing. But bottom line, from what I can tell, Trump had a plan that was essentially the complete reverse of what was done. Um, Shout loud, carry a big or speak softly, carry a big stick. Let your opposition know that you mean business and not to get in your way of getting out of their way and everybody will cohesively exist. The plan that Trump had was scrubbed. The plan was to move all your assets that are essentially to dumb it down. People who don't have guns, get them out first. Get all the excess guns, get them out second. All the people with guns, get them out last. Right? Simple. Take civilians, take your weaponry, your artillery, and then take yourself. And the hit job that's really been going around on the mass media front about all this has been that the Afghani army was not willing to fight on their own, that they were not strong enough, that they were not prepared, that they were not capable. And the reality of it is from what I've heard from different sources is that there were a good chunk of people in the Afghan army that were willing to fight to mm-hmm. the death that there's an, a, a, a story that, um, yeah, not Oath Keepers. Um, I forgot what organization, which was over there helping with Glenn Beck and his, Oh, the Nazarene um, fund. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Glenn Beck too. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't like the guy. I don't like the guy. I think that he's a, he's a catastrophist. He, everything is always blown to 100 for every fucking thing. But when the chips are down, he will put up his own money yeah. and help people. Yeah. Know? And he didn't, even take, he didn't even take a seat that another person could have had. Mm-hmm. He didn't even use funds that were donated to get him over there. Yep. He yep. paid out of his pocket to get him and his, TV, his uh, filming crew to do his one podcast over there to try and give as much information and intel out from behind enemy lines as possible. Use his personal plan and believe this or not, shout out to Kenneth Copeland of all people. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, Ken Copeland. Who would have thought? Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, the Nazarene fund basically contacted Ken Copeland and asked him if they could borrow his plane. And he said, done. No questions asked. Take it. Take whatever but you need. But not my new one. You can have my old one. Not my <laughs> new one. <laughs> I like that one. The Lord told me I have to fly that one for 10 You have more than hours. one? Probably. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, on a side note, when I was thinking earlier today, why does God give uh, province and position and funding, basically, to people who, in my opinion, are doing the enemy's work inside the house of the Lord in a lot of ways, like Kenneth Copeland has. You don't like the done. prosperity gospel? What is wrong with you? You're from the South. That's a Southern invention. No. All right. Um, the Southern economy is based like on this. It. I think it's because of like this where you're a jerk. Anyway. But I'm right. The You are fake news. <laughs> the, you can't fucking swing a dead cat in the South without hitting a prosperity church. They're fucking everywhere. Well, the only the only prosperity preacher that I will support forever is the good Reverend Dollar, since it's in his fucking name. Dollar Dollar Bill, y'all. And he's like, y'all, listen, I need more money. God says I need to be a billionaire. Make that happen. And they give him the fucking money. I've driven by his church a thousand fucking times. I'm like, you know what? I ain't going to hate at you. You did the hustle better. That's all. That's all it is. Well, bottom line, he he put up. um, Yep. And I Joel think it's pretty Olsen sad when, dang. <laughs> you can't use his state, his church to house the refugees. I don't want them in there. I don't like them in there. So places like Fort, speaking of places that are housing um, refugees, and we use apparently that term very loosely these days, um, 30,000 people from the southern border are being brought up through Texas and pushed out into different communities throughout the nation, 30,000, 30,000. And the first, what was it, 1,200 or, or 1,500? I think it was between 12 and 15. So let's go with 1,300 people that were taken off of the grounds in Afghanistan. Only, I think it was like 6% of those people were American citizens. Now, don't get me wrong. Look, I can see the argument on both sides. I, I've heard stories where guys have worked well with uh, translators and locals in the Afghan community for years and come to find out they were a turncoat. They were a mole within the system. They were basically a double agent. I've also heard of people that literally would give their life trying to fight alongside America. So is it a cluster? Absolutely. Is it a problem? hundred percent. But here's my thing kick every one of these immigrants that are coming up from Mexico back into Mexico. I mean, immediately use those facilities to house these people, get all of our, what I think, the, what I think the president should do a president, this isn't a president, what I think a president of the United States of America should do is grab their balls, go to the Afghan people and the Taliban and ISIS and every other insurrectionist and insurgent that's now in the area and say, you don't tell us how long it's going to take us to get out of here. We're getting out of here. And when we're done, we'll let you know. Boot scoot everybody out with haste and, and pronto. If you can, bring the military equipment. Bring, bring what can be packed. Now, larger items like tanks, uh, 33 Blackhawks, I think is what we left, 33 or 38, 17, uh, even larger, more sophisticated, um, prop wing, um, Flight apparatus were left there. 
fixed wing as large as C-130s. I would personally, my idea, and I'm not a military strategist of any kind, my thought, leave all that shit there. Put a nice little bow on it. Leave it all right there and say, here you go. Or like, oops, we forgot it. Oh, man, darn. As soon as we get every one of our last American citizens and people of interest out of there, nuke that fucking desert. I mean, decimate Mm -hmm. it. Wipe it off the face of the earth. And then all of the people of interest that we brought over, bring them back, help them reestablish a democracy and say, there you go. There's your country. And then utilize Afghanistan in the same way that we utilize um, Puerto Rico or the Virgin Islands or any other territory that we have where it's now become an asset. Yeah, I like I think this whole problem is America's piss poor attempt at imperialism. It really is. We don't really know what we're doing. So we we can't make it palatable to the American public to build an empire since the American public isn't has never been or ever will be an imperialist people, really. The government is very imperialist and always has been imperialist. So when you get this situation where you get like, we're trying to make like Afghanistan this pseudo colony. So like Puerto Rico's a colony. I right. always call it a colony. It's a colony. Guam's a colony. Right. American Samoa's a colony. They're colonies. Right. We try to do that abroad, but we can't do it too much since then we'll lose the support of the people so we kind of have to like tip drill it and it always ends up fucking us over if well, we here's were the thing. if we were honest about it and we went in like the, you know this is this isn't a new problem for america like when we had when teddy roosevelt was president his mission explicitly Bruce. was to build the fucking american empire that was his mission and it was not very popular and he decimated the philippines decimated them absolutely fucking i mean the shit you hear about the american philippine war like we never talk about it in our history books but if you start reading about it we decimated the philippines absolutely not but if you're taking over a country to own it and put it as a part and make it a colony of yours you're going to have to decimate it that's what you're going to have to do you have to break them and well, then yeah. make them you is what you're going to have to do. That's a how bunch it's of, always been. That's, that's how the way it's every is. empire has been since the Roman time and before. The biggest thing is, is that the United States hasn't necessarily been openly, like you said, we, we just kind of tip drill a little bit. We don't go openly and overtly say, hey, we're going to make you essentially a colony of America. What we say is we're going to democratize mm-hmm. you and we're going to give you freedom as long as we're able to continue a form of trade that you have that we desire Mm -hmm. in tow of your ability to have your democracy now the thing that i get frustrated with is when i hear a lot of people say that america is just a colonizing country and all we want to do is take over territory that's not necessarily true if that were the case we would have immediately gone after canada we would have immediately taken them over we would have immediately no we lost <laughs> we sure that was the whole war of 1812 we tried taking over canada and that did not work out well for us but we did take over mexico and then we went there and said you know what you can have it <clears throat> it's all right don't worry about it you can have it we just want california see that's yeah. but that that flies but, directly in the face of trying to build an empire by giving something back well that you don't, that's that's smart real but i mean like we if you look at Thomas Jefferson saying we have this manifest destiny, that is explicitly an imperial goal. Sure. This is ours. 
Sure. Who says it's yours? (laughs) It's mine. (laughs) There's a realm where... (sighs) It's human nature to take more for resources. Idea of saying that, right, that we say, man, I would want to... Like if, if you were to see a picture of somewhere out Montana or, you know, somewhere very, very, very rural, think of these TV shows that popularize Alaska or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you think, man, I, I would love to live there. I would love to be out there. And then you get some people that do that, even in the cities where they just have eminent domain, where they just, a hobo will take over a property or whatever. Mm-hmm. We have this desire to have something of our own, to claim our own area that that is in its own category of issue not saying that owning things is a problem not saying that desiring to have your own property or land or area is a problem what i'm saying is how going about it can can be problematic um the biggest problem with the way america runs itself right now is that we have ruined our credibility at history telling mm-hmm and our credibility at foretelling what we're going to do. You know, a, uh, a German man with a funny mustache once said that, you know, it doesn't matter what you do. So if you, as long as you win the war, then if you win the war, you can write the history books however you want. America right. hasn't won a war in 70 fucking years. And we still act like we can write the history and no one will question us about it. Well, now, the problem with it is... <laughs> if you lose enough, you're going to get pushed back. Because when you say we haven't won a war... A lot of that is because we haven't really declared war. Exactly. We declare war on inept objects, drugs, yep. terror. We don't declare war on a specific place, place or people. Mm-hmm. The if war only that Ron we, Paul would have said that 20 years ago. The war that we declare takes place in another country, in a foreign land mm-hmm. and territory, in another person's backyard. But the war that we declare is not on those people who we are playing in their backyard. Mm-hmm. So, yep. The it's all back to this problems fucking, that come from that of taking over their territory, of implementing our way of life into their culture. All of that is negated in the big idea and realm of the fear, safety, mm-hmm. and what is going to make my daily life most appeasable. Mm-hmm. How am I going to keep my daily comfort at minimum what I'm used to? if not get more attain more in attaining how how is my daily life going to improve because i will not tolerate any level of having to lower my standards of happiness or consumption or anything that'll keep as long as my beer's cold my tv's on my ac's running i don't give a crap mm-hmm. and then covid happens and then your beer gets interrupted. <laughs> and then Americans all of a sudden start to really pay attention to everything going on. Well, I think a lot of people do. And then I think the other people dig their head in the sand in hopes that they can get back into their. That's the way it always is, though. It, that's the way their it always happens. World of mundaneness. Do you see that video of that, uh, that shim military staff sergeant? Staff sergeant talking about how. If the military were ever to be deployed within the confines of America on its own citizens, what the outcome would be. Have you seen that video? I haven't seen that video, but I know the Pentagon has done those studies multiple times. This Shim, 
um, basically says that it wouldn't end well for America because they have more military prowess. They have more tactical prowess than the average American. And honey, if you ever have a chance to watch this video, if you just so happen to accidentally click on something and you fell into the wrong rabbit hole, let me tell you, you come banging on the doors of American citizens. Yeah, you're going to pick off a pretty good bit. You're going to pick off the people that are going to walk out and hand their gun over thinking that they're going to be given some form of metal or some way of living a better life. They're going to oust a couple of their neighbors and things like that. After the first few months of that happening and people realizing and waking up that that ain't going to be what is going to save you. That's the thing too, like, point like America, people, people, Americans, people, point back at you. people like to imagine that the military, like <laughs> the American education system is a remarkable clusterfuck. <laughs> it teaches people at one point that our military is in, is, unparalleled in the world and then at this in the same breath we'll say we haven't won a war in 70 years and we lost to rice farmers and sheep herders in afghanistan right but then they can't but then if the american people revolted we would lose right why well they got they don't understand that like if you've actually been in the military for any bit of time you realize how like <laughs> how stupid that belief is like the american military isn't I'll, I'll I'll say it's not like if you get special forces, sure they're trained to the nth degree, they're high speed, low drag all the time. Yeah, the two boys, they're going to be Th those guys are those guys sure. are untouchable. Those guys are untouchable, and anywhere in the world they're untouchable. But the average grunt is a fucking moron. <laughs> it's a moron with a gun. <laughs> you know well, they're no different they than anybody else, and that's exactly what they want. So to think that because they wear uniforms they'll automatically beat an american resistance simply because they got trained is ridiculous <laughs> like I mean, the military doesn't work that way <laughs> the the world that we are falling into is a world where we are seeing not only an economy collapse not only the morality of a society crumble we're seeing every form of individuality that makes up like sand makes concrete, we're seeing the concrete of America ground down into individualized grains of sand where everybody has been isolated, ostracized, segregated, labeled, and eventually certain amounts of people will be put into camps initially. But by at the end of it all, because people can't understand history, everybody, everybody is going to be killed. Everybody. If you think that for, like being the person that shouts out to somebody else in a store, where's your mask, that that somehow gives you some form of power, that that gives you some form of authority, that that gives you some form of legal right to demean or denounce another American citizen, where is that? What is that power going to do for you at the end of the day? What is that going to do it's for you? All, it's the same shit that's happened a billion times in the past. You get a government that gives mediocre people the feeling, the illusion that they have power Correct. and they feel themselves. Just look at the Bolsheviks and the Mensheviks. You give the them Jews power. in Germany that, that did all, security that, on other Jews, yeah, all that shit you get, you or the slave drivers or whatever you give them an ounce that makes them feel like they're actually above where they actually are. And then they're expendable since they're always been expendable. And they're the first ones to get surprised that they got, put up against the wall 
why well, I don't understand. It was always going that, you know, not to rag on the history train too much, but I did spend uh, a when I was working in a uh, where a, a home improvement warehouse that shall not be named, but let, rhymes with Lowe's. Um, I spent my entire time working there. I just listened to the audiobook version of the Gulag Archipelago, all mm. three books, and that is a long, that's really crazy. It's it's long, but one of the things that Solzhenitsyn, who is the guy that wrote that, that book, I read that. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, in my reading of it, I'm still going through it. Um, I had to take. It's it's probably the book that's taken me the longest to read, just because. I have to take so much time out of that book just to recalibrate my brain because of how much jacked up stuff is in it. Mm. And, and the thing that makes it jacked up is that it's relatable. Mm -hmm. The thing that's jacked up is that you can see it. You can, you can see this guy's words play out just by clicking on any mainstream media news, even Fox, Mm -hmm. because even Fox isn't talking about all the real stuff. I mean, well, they're all bought out by the same government agencies. They're owned know? by all the same people. So, but like what Solzhenitsyn said, he he found enjoyable. Well, it was kind of a morbid enjoyment. Was watching party loyalists get turned up in the gulag, and then watching them slowly realize that the system mm. they supported and they propped up never cared about them. They were always going to be expendable, and they did not care that they were going to die a miserable death in a gulag. <laughs> and he said that usually what did he say? He, it would take them like a month to break. They're like, no, it's not me. This was a clerical error. I'm going to get really, I'm a good person. I'm not a kulak. I don't, I'm not a party trader. I'm not, the, I, I'm here by accident. And then the week, the days would go by and the torture would continue and whatever. And then like after a month, they're like, oh, I think that the system <laughs> is fucked. <laughs> and I propped it up. And I think he said only one person he ever saw remained loyal to the end like she just could not psychologically get over the fact that she put all these people here by supporting people turning people in and that the government was just using her and then when her usefulness expired it's okay she can get put up against the wall too and i think she said she he said that this lady who was a party loyalist wrote her daughter and said don't come visit me don't look at me since I'm a obvious, I don't know what I did, but I'm obviously a party trader and I don't want you to communicate with a party trader. Like long live the party. Jeez. <laughs> and he's like, wow. girl, you are nuts. <laughs> like this shit, you are fucking deluded. <laughs> but like what I loved about that book, well, his ser- it's a series of three books. They're all really fucking long. But what he did was he took ownership that he helped establish it. Like, even though he's not the guy in charge, he still was in the Red Army. He still sent people to the gulags. He still helped the machine run. He still supported the machine. And then he got eaten by the machine eventually. And then he's like, well, I got to go back through my life and scour it for any bit of any evidence that where I did something that led to this circumstance happening. Since I'm to blame just as much as anybody else in this country is to blame for what we're dealing with right now. But it's just, you know, I forget what my original point was, but just, uh, you know, that, that book, people should just really read it. They really should. What's interesting is that it's not required reading in the U S but it's required reading in the, in Russia. 
Mm. Every high school student in Russia has to read all three books. Mm. They have to read it. So we like to go and say, you know, oh, they're whatever, you know, Russians are whatever, since we live in this pseudo Cold War era still. But right. the Russians learned that lesson, not to go down that road again, not to do it and to teach their youngsters. This is what happens when you go down this road. And America is doing the opposite. <laughs> they're just pumping Lenin's propaganda. <laughs> That's yep. all we're doing. You know? Yep. We're doing the complete opposite. We're stifling the idea of any memory <clears throat> or understanding of what totalitarianism is or brings all while promoting this idea that we're the bastion of freedom. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't remember what my point was to bring up the Gulag archipelago. I can't remember what were we talking about when I brought it up. I can't remember. Uh, we were discussed. I need Ritalin. How? Or give me a meth inhaler. I'll take that too. No. I think that'd be fun. No, just go Adderall, man. Go all in. Crush that shit up. Do rails. Well, anyway, the bottom line. Oh, how the uh, video of the army per, uh, staff sergeant was discussing the likely outcome of a martial law situation. Yeah, yeah that's right. So, like, that's what... That, that and that, I remember. So it's the whole, like, you give mediocre people power. And that's the whole story of every, anytime these totalitarian, whatever, when they start up, you give these people an ounce of power and they really believe it's going to mean something. And the next thing they know, they're in a gulag with everybody else, with the enemies of the state. And they're just sitting there wondering, why am I here? You know, all those good people at, you know, Walmart who are checking, you got to, you better not. You're going to be put against the wall with everybody else. You think that you're not an enemy of the state? The enemy of the state's arbitrary. They'll make up an enemy, you know? This is just the and way also, it is. And uh, speaking of which, in Australia, new legislation has entered their house of, uh, I don't know, I guess it's Court of Appeals, I think, where the government can not only the, the writing, the the legality of the writing of how the, the bill is written basically says that the government has the right to view all of its citizens' information that is online, both within the government system, like, you know, when you sign up for a driver's license or anything like that, as well as your personal information on social media platforms or anything of that nature, even cloud services for pictures. And they have the right, and this is where it gets nuts, they have the right to submit any omission they deem necessary. Now, the way that was passed, from my understanding, from the way my brain works, is how people are now saying hate speech and um, That's what's the, the wrong argument thing? that we were talking about last episode, where they're it's saying wrong until it's right. And, and so the idea of where they're going to get the majority of people to back the idea or be okay with it, be complacent, is the idea of saying, well, yeah, someone put something on like the swastika or white power, whatever on their webpage. Yeah. Take that down. Uh, omit that. But the reality is, is that now the government can say you said it because if you say, I didn't say that, well, it's on yours. So now anyone can have manufactured evidence against them for whatever the government deems necessary. I mean, we're literally seeing things happen that Hitler could have only had a wet dream about. If only because they, they would have had Facebook. Yeah. I mean, they would have legit, legit. I mean, we're seeing, we're seeing humanity usher in its own death. And I don't say that lightly. I don't say that for shock value. I don't say that um, sarcastically. I say that honestly and 
probably my lifetime, if not then my kid's lifetime, we're going to see 1984 play out completely. And then we're going to see just, what was that movie where they were in the desert and they had random cars and they wore like Mad Max, Mad Max. That's it. I, dude, I, I hear news stories from Australia and I'm like, what in the actual fuck is going down on down there? Like, what in the actual fuck are you guys doing? Who I don't understand like, how, not, to be honest, I'm not too shocked that Australia would do that. It was a prison colony. And then it's shocking that they still treat it like a prison colony. But what more shocks me is how Canada turned. Canada is this milk toast country. Everything's all right. Yeah. Everything, blah, 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 blah. We like moose. Oh, have you tried our maple syrup? You know, it's, it's, it's yeah, hey, you know, and they were the first one to fucking go down this rabbit hole. Well, a lot of Canada. the reason was because I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not surprised they did because that same cultural um, pattern of being accepting and lackadaisical about things and not wanting to rock the boat. All it took was someone with the right means to get enough other people in the right positions to implement the wrong laws. That's all it took. Mm, Just don't come to America, guys. We don't want you here. Stay the fuck up there. Stay the fuck up there with your fucking moose. All right. You stay up there. We don't want you. All right. No, I think I think what America needs to do is do exactly what it did initially. And that's anyone and everyone that wants to have freedom. I don't care where you're from. Anyone and everyone that wants to have freedom. Y'all want to talk about having open borders and all that stuff. Okay. I'm on board with having a completely wide open border, but only to one group of people. And that's anybody that loves freedom, anybody that's willing to die for their freedom, and anybody that's willing to accept other people's freedom. You just have to have a free country to back that up. Not free in name only. You know, we like to talk about it, but uh, didn't take too long for us to figure out that was lip service. But I mean, like, you know, yeah. it's like I'm fucking taking crazy pills. It's like I've been saying the same shit for 20 years. Like, I've been beating this drum. I've been knocking on your door a million times. <laughs> and like, I'm just basic, you know, I've been relegated this entire time to being a, the crazy anarchist. Oh, he's just, oh, you just what, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, you don't fucking understand what's going on. Look, this is not the way it's going to be. And it's just, don't worry about it, man. We just got to get our guy elected. And it's all, it's a false dichotomy. And no, 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 it's not. No, blah, blah, blah. And now it's like, oh, what do we do? I don't know, man. Maybe you should have been listening for 20 fucking years. Maybe we could have done something 20 years ago to avoid this, you know? When we weren't at a point where everything was digitalized and... Yep. Retina scanned and fingerprinted and did you know the Taliban? So the Taliban took um, yeah. the retina scanners off of the embassy and they're going door yep. to door. And if it pops up that you are in that, yep, done. But like You're gone, you know. Yep, I'm I'm gonna Taliban say that, now has retina scanners. Yeah, <laughs> the Taliban. <laughs> yeah, but the uh, that's a sentence you never think you'd you'd be able to say. The Taliban has retina scanners. Um, the I'm of two minds with the whole. Not really two minds. This is just how I see the Afghanistan bullshit that we're dealing with, okay? Like, I watch Fox News and OAN and all that. I don't watch it, but I'm in the room where it's being on. And I hear people ragging on, o- on o- Biden for the withdrawal. And But the, the way that they're ragging on it Correct. is they're ragging on the optics. Correct. We look bad. Look, the Taliban was always going to take over. The Taliban was it's always like going to do... Uh, the, the- Go ahead. I was just going to say, it's just like when, when people are ragging on um, 
uh, what's his name from New York? The mayor, the governor, no mayor. Governor, <laughs> it was not Andrew Cuomo. Cuomo, yeah. We're gonna look at a chart where they're they're ragging on him for his sexual. Um, yeah, they're not looking at the right rioting, thing. But they're not looking at the fact that he killed thousands of elderly people in nursing yeah. homes and mishandled COVID. And he wrote a book about how he handled COVID the best. Yeah, they're not talking about that. And was given a Emmy or Grammy or some bullshit yeah, yeah, for that. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean. So like they, they, they can't rag, rag on, on them about the right thing, because if we do that, then everyone else in the same system falls. Right. Yeah, it's, yeah, because exactly. then Governor uh, Whitmer, then Gavin Newsom, then all of these dim people are then going to be lined up and accounted for in the same. Not even them. I'll fashion. take their, the, the only governor I've heard that has taken accountability for fucking up COVID was DeSantis. And he basically said, look, at the beginning, we thought it was going to be a lot worse than it was. So I did some things. Had I known what I know now, I wouldn't have done them. All right. Nobody else has said that. Abbott in your great state of Texas, he's just as bad as anybody else. And that's not we're not we're not bipartisanness. No. We're not bipartisanness. Yes, he is. Republicans are just as bad as Democrats. All they are is the same wolf in a different sheep's clothing. The whole idea of it being not we're gonna destroy sheep. we're gonna destroy the country financially, then then morally yeah. versus morally then financially. Exactly. It's the same outcome. You're fighting each other. That's exactly what they want you to do. Mm -hmm. They want like, you to have your neighbor be your worst enemy instead of realizing that your worst enemy is the politician that's instituting all these laws that are supposed to be, quote unquote, for your safety, but not really doing anything for you on a daily basis or your safety. It worked it's for the only Soviets. implementing them to have more power. And it when was the, the Soviets time the government and the gave up their power? Never. never. Yeah. Yeah, never. Sorry. They'll never do it. Why would they? That's so stupid. I don't understand. I heard this one guy. So, like, I, I watch a lot of cooking shows, and cooking shows are full of libtards. Like, they're, I think, medically retarded. Like, they can make a great quiche, but that's about as far as they can go intellectually. And this guy uh, said, you know, I, we need to get Trump out because he's a dictator. And then we got to put Biden in. And then after that, let's talk about restraining the government's power. And I said, look at here, you're going to give more power to the system and then say, okay, guys, now, now we're going to talk about you giving it back. That's not how this fucking works, you retard. That's not how any of this fucking yep. works. But, you know, back to the, the, they're looking at the, so like the Republicans are looking at the optics. We did, they, they, they took over the airfield. They were always going to take over the fucking airfield. Have you been to Afghanistan? Have you seen the shit storm that Afghan the Afghani army is a fucking joke. It always was, okay? The Iraqi army was better, and that's saying something. <laughs> okay? The Iraqi army was better. The Afghani army was an absolute shit show. So if you can imagine they were ever going to put up a fight, you're fucking high, you're lying, or you're crazy. Like there was that was never going to happen. The Taliban was always going to take over. There was going to be blood in the streets. That's what was going to happen, and it was going to be America's fault for that happening since we set up this this fucking Jenga tower to fall. We've always done. So it was going to be on us. That's so blaming Biden for that is unfair. Since that was always going to happen, didn't matter who did it. It that, that was just the un, the inevitable outcome. Well, the idea that the Taliban was, but what they should be railing for him, going to take over Afghan, retake over Afghanistan was inevitable. Absolutely, that, that was inevitable. Over, retaking over Afghanistan with our military. Uh, that's uh, different. With that's, American citizens. Yeah, that's and that's what they should be. Lines. That's what they should be completely focused on. Was why the fuck did we retreat this way? Why the fuck right. couldn't we pull our shit out better? Why, like we. We've known this was going to happen since January. Why didn't we start pulling back in January? 
Let this me could have all this. been avoidable. Like, that's what you should be focusing on, not the optics of this. They were From always going to win. Okay, fine. Fuck it. The NVA was always going to win. They were always going to take over South Vietnam. They were never going to accept our armistice agreement. They were never going to... North Korea was always going to be North Korea. Like, you're never going to win with these ideologues, all right? They're hell-bent on winning, So and you're not, so they're going to win. But you can pull your guys out. You can pull your supplies out and do so in a way that mitigates your damage to your people. And they just right. did not give a flying fuck about... And, you know, this is something I got to say. America has learned how to do things better, okay? In the Korean War, we left, what was it? 5,000 guys in North Korea uh, as POWs. You're five. Okay. Okay. And then in Vietnam, we still don't know how many guys we fucking left back there. Okay. John McCain said, oh, there's nobody here. But I knew a guy who was, who I lived with. He was in, uh, in my apartment complex with me when I was in the, uh, when I was in DC and his, he had a license plate on his fucking Buick and it said POW on it. And the only way you get a license plate with a POW tag on it was if you have a POW medal given to you by the military. So I talked to him one day, we were shoveling snow and I was helping him shovel snow around his car. And I was like, so you were a POW in Vietnam? And he's like, yeah, I was a POW in Vietnam. And he's been going back to Vietnam ever since the 80s, I think. Ever since the 80s, he's been going back to Vietnam every year since the 80s. And he keeps pulling back guys. Every year he pulls guys back. He's like, he's like, <laughs> yeah, we left a lot of guys there. How do I know? I was in one of the fucking prison camps. <laughs> okay. We left a lot of guys over in Cambodia. We left, they just fucking moved them. And like, so we had 5,000 in Korea. Who knows how many in Vietnam? Now we left 10,000 in Afghanistan. We're doing better, guys. And we did better because now we left civilians, okay? <laughs> we, we said we got all our military guys out. Fuck the civilians, okay? Who says America can't learn from its mistakes? We can always do better. And now we're leaving more guys back. We're always doing better. We are always winning, okay? We win this battle every time. We always improve, all right? Never let anyone tell you America doesn't improve over time. So here's some food for thought. The idea <clears throat> is being tossed around that, or information is floating around that the pullout essentially began under rapid response, like mm -hmm. 72 hours. It was like already initiated, where the vast majority of our military presence that was there was gone. Um, and they didn't tell anybody. They didn't tell any of, the, any of our allies. They didn't tell anybody. It was just like, here today, dip on Wednesday. And... It's, it's pissed off a lot of, uh, a lot of our allies overseas. Um, As it should. We rope them into a 20-year fucking war, and then we just drop the ball. <laughs> Said, I'm out. We rage quit at the end. What I don't understand is, and I think this is the common theme for you, for you and I, is trying, I mean, that's, that's the whole point of this podcast, right, is to try and gather some wherewithal take two brain cells rub together create friction to make sense of all this how do you how do you as an american soldier whatever rank whatever position follow an order that says basically leave i mean you have american citizens that are over there and i'm sure i mean i i'd like to think that the majority of the servicemen and women that were over there were told the lie and saying oh yeah everybody's getting out we're all leaving at the same time and that's what made them complacent with getting on a plane and sitting down but the additional, it. but the additional support after seeing that that was a lie, how do you how do you still follow that direction that directive? I've heard stories paid. where army 
our our United States Army has gotten into um, scuffles with the British Army because the British Army basically said, "Fuck that, we're going on uncommissioned missions of uh, both recon and extraction." And the United States Army has been angry at them for that. Um, oh, speaking of the guys we left behind, uh, the Australian military has and, said and that you know, they're I, not going to pull their guys that, out until the Americans pull give the Australian security. The Australians won't pull any Aussie out of Afghanistan until the Americans can set up a secure environment for them to pull their people out. Oh, so well, who, who knows how many thousand Aussies are over there too? Yeah, they're just gonna they're gonna be all dead. The the most unprecedented thing that I think I've seen so far, I mean, the government as a whole, I think, has done more unprecedentedly in the past four, five years, four and a half years than ever. But I think the most unprecedented thing that I've ever seen was a video I saw last night of a uh, lieutenant colonel in the Marine Corps who is a BC uh, battalion commander. And I mean, he, he laid it all out there and he said, look, did anybody in our top breasts have any wherewithal to throw their rank on the table and ask the question, why are we doing this? And uh, he said, I know what I'm doing in my career. I've been in for 17. I think he said he was been in for 15 or 17 years. And he said, I'm throwing mine on the table because there needs to be some accountability. I'm gonna, and I'm asking, I'm asking the question. And I mean, you've seen people who are That's former happened. military, retired military, yeah. but I've never seen an E5 I mean, an O5 bird, shit bird, still bird shit that bird. it's a bird shit colonel, but whatever that, uh, I mean, active duty calls out commander in chief and, uh, his top brass as leaders. I mean, that man's, that man needs new uniforms pronto. This his balls won't fit any longer. They, they do that. It happened. It happens fairly frequently where that'll happen, but they just get, it's real easy to make a voice disappear in the machine. You know, and we did our guys, you know, the thing people really, uh, this is, I think, a civilian thing. They, and it's not just for the military, it's also for cops, firemen, whatever. They think that because they're in public service, they're, I mean, they're held to a higher moral standard, uh, and that's debatable, but they think that they are above the fray. They think they're better than the average person you meet on the street. The fact mm. of the matter is they're not because they were average people and they'll go back to being very average once they get out. Like they're not anything special. They're, the only thing special about them is that they've gotten certain privileges for this short period of time to do things that most people would never be able to do. So when people, when the Americans right. bail on Afghanistan, leave tens of thousands of people behind like, how could you do that? It's easy. How many people that would, you know, would, I don't know, turn in their neighbors to the cops for having their family over for a party last year. How many people would do that? Lots. Thousands would do that. Okay. And I don't it's mean the same people. Stand. I mean, I mean, you're right. And I don't mean a grandstand or anything, but I, I would never do that. That's, but that's, that's, that's the thing. And there was guys on the, and the, a, the one guy that I, the, the one guy I can think about. So, you know, again, going back in history, we're going to go, so in Afghanistan, there was that one guy that loaded up his C-17 with Afghani civilians, and he loaded it up to capacity and then flew, yeah. even though he wasn't allowed to do that. Like, right. that guy was probably a captain right. or a major. He's not big. You know, he's just a pilot. But he's like, fuck that. I'm not going to have blood on my hands. I'm going to try my best to get as many people out of this shitstorm as I can. 
there was those guys. There's the, like I said, my neighbor in, in DC who would go back after he got released as a POW to get POWs back from Vietnam. There's those guys. There's the, the guy who in the, I think he was in the army in the Korean war got, what do you say? 5,000 Koreans out of North Korea refugees and put them on a boat. And then they, the military told him to stop and that they, you know, they was going to get court martial, blah, blah, blah. He's like, I don't give a fuck. Okay. These people need help. I got the ability. I'm going to help them. I'm going to pull them out. Okay. And we had the same thing in Vietnam. Yeah. We had with the Hmong people and all that, the mountain yards, we pulled them out as best we could. So you do get it, but it's people think that because of the military, we have, we've, we've mythologized the military as right. these guardian angels of right. our society, which, and they are not in any way, shape, or form that way. But that no. doesn't mean that in within those ranks, there aren't legitimately great people with great moral fortitude, but it's just as rare as it would sure. be in your day-to-day -day life. It's just as rare, you know, and they're probably going to get punished for doing the that. Thing that, the, thing that, the thing that I think, I think the reason why I don't fit well in a lot of circumstances, in a lot of work environments, and the reason why I not enjoyed the fire service itself, but the people that I worked with was because that mentality was the majority. Mm. I guess I just got really blessed with working with really, and I always said that I got blessed with working with some of the greatest guys God put on the face of this earth. But I'll, I just, I look at the situation at hand overall as a big picture. And I say, cause I know some people that have done contract medic work overseas. I mean, I got offers to do contract medic jobs overseas, I'm not going to list names. <clears throat> and I'm sitting here thinking if I would have taken that job, any one of those jobs, I'd potentially probably be one of those people screwed right now. Having to walk all the way back to America. <laughs> the you, ocean's pretty big. Good luck walking over it. Can you imagine that? Yeah, I can really. Can you, I mean, I know it's fathomable. Obviously we do it all the time or it's, it, we're, we're humanity. We are a fallen people who easily can be brought to a position of monetizing the value of life. Which we don't We're, like to say we do. We like to pretend that we don't do that, but we do. We absolutely do. But the idea of selling, see, this is, this is where I think things need to change from this point going forward. People who are young enough to sign up right now, people who are fit and able and considering the military remember this remember this okay i don't care what next 9 11 happens i don't care what major attack happens on this continent i don't care how many people are killed by whatever kind of event and they say it's these people over here do not allow your emotions to rule you to believe in the fairy tale of no man left behind mm -hmm. do not be blinded by the idea of your life having meaning by being sacrificed in the name of a country when that country cares less than the amount of money it takes to produce a soda they care that much about you mm -hmm. a couple of pennies mm -hmm. they'll wager the amount of fuel costs would be to go and collect your ass mm -hmm. before they come and get you people don't realize that you. you're just a number on a page i think what we need to do what i think we need to do right now is really wash away all of the idealization of every service civil and military 
like you said, they're just human beings. Absolutely. They're fallible, they're flawed, and they have at times some of the best intentions and some of the best performance. But at the same time, we have got to stop thinking and pumping this idea into kids that wearing a uniform, going and serving your country, kicking ass and taking names is the name of the game. When what it is in reality is a business transaction and you are the commodity. You are the, Mm -hmm. you are the, you're the currency currency. You are the currency. Mm -hmm. And we need to hold our government at large accountable for that. Don't, don't feed my kids these lies of they're the protectors of our nation. Don't, don't feed my kids this bullshit that they're the ones that keep our freedom safe. Don't feed the, the next generation, this crock of shit that they're going to be the ones that stand in between us and tyranny because the tyranny is the one that's standing behind us in the form of a government. Mm-hmm. And when the only time that I think that this government is really going to stop having any form of power is when people stop enlisting to be used as their property. When the recruitment numbers start to fall and dip so low, well, guess what? That's when we're probably going to have another big event. Mm. When morale is so low that people stop obeying orders on a regular basis and it becomes so prevalent within the ranks and file of, of the branches that it for trainings, well, guess what? Then we'll probably have another national event. When it gets so prevalent in our daily life where police officers all around the nation, all departments, all entities start getting the bird flu, the blue flu, well, then we're going to start seeing even more mass events and uh, false flags. So you sit here and you think, okay, so what do I do? What, what can I do? What can I do? Let's just say, for example, it's a perfect world, right? Where every American citizen is on the same page, where if we all decided to jump, we'd jump as one in unison. If we all decided not to pay our taxes this year, we all didn't submit our W-2s. Imagine if we all had that unification. Okay, let's say we had that solidarity in place right now. That's a big dream. But let's say we had that, then what? Because the difference is going to be in how we respond emotionally. Mm-hmm. And that's how they get us. Mm-hmm. Are you black? Are you white? Are you Asian? Are you Native American? Are you Indian? Are you this or that? Are you tall? Are you fat? Are you male or female? Are you bisexual? Are you trans? Are you this? Are you that? Where you're re-divided into little subsections so they can go and talk shit about each other to then instigate more fights and enter argumentation. Is that a word? Mm-hmm. So what do we do? Because it's not going to come in the form of voting some person in. No. What you got to understand is the power of doing nothing. It's not even going to come in the form of storming the Capitol and trying to take mm-hmm. something back. Like, you know, the, the, the left is a plethora of good ideas and absolute shit ideas. But one of their, you know, when they're like, silence is violence, silence is violence. You know that it is. If everyone just does nothing and just lets them spin their wheels, you're hurting them more than they could ever deal with you're dealing catastrophic blows if you just do nothing and you just i'm not gonna not gonna do anything that's a fine that's a absolutely valid move nothing you know just don't do anything let's see how much support they can get how much how much and this is something else the lefties like to put out and the lefties that i listen to um they've been saying the same shit that you just got done saying like you don't understand they're just dividing you to make you easier to control. That's all this is. They really don't give a flying fuck about you. 
but you buy into it because you're overly emotional. And that, you know, it resonates more with the left than it does the right, since the right is much more emotionally stable than the left. Well, that, uh, and I think the conservative idea, I mean, when you look at the basic uh, demographics of what a liberal generally is versus what a conservative generally is, a conservative is generally someone who's married with kids. A liberal is generally someone who is unmarried, <clears throat> no child, multiple abortion. Mm -hmm. don't have any understanding or wherewithal to respect human life. They're emotional so, wrecks is what they are. Absolute emotional wrecks. And, and, and I'm not judging that. anybody that's a liberal. Mm -hmm. I don't judge anybody that's had an abortion. Look, my heart honestly hurts for y'all because there's acts that I do that I am unaware of that hurt people. And there's acts that I have done purposely in the past to hurt somebody, it's to hurt people. And I... I pain over those daily and it, yeah, you know and that's that's I'm, a really, I'm just saying that's where, a really good thing to say is like look you don't you can't be holier than that emotionally spiritually yeah like if we're all right. people we're all flawed so you just got to recognize that and be like you know yeah. and, and that's something that i think the overly emotional people get caught up on you don't know my story yeah but you don't know mine either like, just because I didn't go through the exact same steps you did doesn't mean I didn't reach a similar place or I didn't feel the same thing you felt. Like, you have to understand we're all in this world together and we've all done the same shit. And I don't know. know when we got into this idea as a culture to decide that it was a good idea to nominate the person as the winner who has the shittiest background. Like, just because you have the shittiest background, that doesn't mean that you have the right to judge or have the final say or silence yeah, anyone no, else's I don't opinion. get that. I mean, the lowest and the common side, denominator and, shit. And on like, the other side, on the other side of the coin, just because a person who may have never even drank alcohol or smoked a cigarette doesn't have any more authority over another to demonize a person for their acts, but can both the person who has done the act and the person who has never done the act can both equally say that can come to an agreement and say that that act is bad one from knowledge personal knowledge another from wisdom and not having to go through it to understand it now what you just said what's the best thing to do nothing that is exactly in my opinion what god wanted to say to me because the stress the frustration the more you go into these under uh, the more you learn the more I learn anyway, the more I learn, the more I gather information, the more I understand things, the more I, I understand events, world politics. I can sit here and, you know, pull a, an insane man moment and be like, the world is going to hell because of the cabal and they're sacrificing kids and, and wanting to, to de depopulate humanity and bring the numbers down and then merge humanity into an AI form and have immortality through computer and all that take ayahuasca and psychedelic drugs and have communication with what they call aliens, which is really demons. And they know they're demons because that's why they have so much Luciferian and demonic occultic practices and acts and symbolisms and all of their major science and, and um, world government facilities. I can go off on those tangents all day long. And in summary, sure. That's a quick summary of, of what, what, what's true, what, what's out there. But the, but the frustration comes in when I realize I'm just one man. I'm just some dude sitting in a chair in front of a computer, talking into a microphone, trying to live my life, trying to be the best dad I possibly can. And that's it. I don't have a lot of goals anymore. By the grace of God, I have an two in my 
my career as a firefighter and paramedic. I don't have any career regrets. I have regrets within my career, but overall, I don't have a whole lot of goals at this point. I just want to be the best dad I can and try and bring the word of God here on this earth to the best of my ability in my fractured way possible. But in the end, I sit here and I get so stressed. Like it's a, it's a, it's a futile fight. Now, me coming from a Christian place, I know I've read the Bible in, in Revelation multiple times. It's not easy to understand. Um, I need a Red Bull, a can of dip, and some acid, a little bit. A, sometimes, a small, sometimes, a sometimes some, uh, some uh, CBD oil with uh, some THC in it. You know what I'm saying? Just to try and chill out and relax and focus. But so what I'm trying to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, is that I'm not, I'm not smart. I'm not any form a fashion of any kind of um, point of reference. But what I'm just trying to say from my understanding of things is that I know how this is all going to play out. I know how this is going to end. Some of the best advice I've ever been given. I don't think he'd mind me saying his name. I actually want to try and bring him on the podcast. I think you'd have a laugh with him. His name's Ken Banks. He's a retired firefighter, one of the very first paramedics in the state of Alabama. He went to medical school at University of Alabama in Birmingham, UAB, uh, went all the way through med school and right up until the point where he was getting ready to take his finals and then move on into, um, uh, what do you call that? I can't residency. remember. Residency. Thank you. I couldn't think of the word. He basically stopped and said, I don't want to do this anymore. He's a very smart man. Two things he said to me that will never leave. Before your head hits the pillow, make sure you've learned something new today that you didn't know yesterday. And the second thing was picture how you die, picture your funeral, picture who's there and what they say, picture what you want that to be like. Now work your way backwards from that day to this. It's good advice. And he, I don't remember why I was mentioning him. My brain just went shot. Oh, talking about revelation. I know how things end. I know all that. And I understand that it's just, you know, who am I? But because I know how the end works. I feel like I have that advantage and understanding. I don't worry. I don't stress. I don't think of what if it's like watching a replay of a basketball game and being able to tell people who's watching with you. Oh, he's going to make that shot. Boom. He makes it. Oh, he's going to foul out. Oh, he fouled out. I don't sit here and predict things and say, look at me. I'm a wise man or anything like that. I sit here and I see to myself, okay, I know how this is going to end. What do I, what do I do to do the very best with what I have? What can I do? What can I say? And I've come to the realization that a lot of times I end up doing more bad than good because I don't have a large outreach. I don't have a large market. I don't have a large influence. I don't have the ability, even Alex Jones. I mean, this dude's been doing this kind of thing for what, 32 years now, 28 years, 32 years. He has probably the largest voice. And hasn't done shit. No, I wouldn't say that. I would not say that. I, I think he's done a lot personally, but. Oh, he's done shit, but like, what is he been able to stop. Right, right, right. That's my point. Yeah. Because even with that traction behind him, it's not enough. It's still not enough. Mm -hmm. So even if I had that kind of influence, it still wouldn't be enough. Mm -hmm. But it's not about an individual person having traction. It's about having interpersonal relationships. It's not about how can I grow this podcast to be a billion super subscribers? How can I grow mm -hmm. to be on syndicated radio? How can I grow to have my own uh, website and you know video crew and all that stuff. That's great, man. That's awesome. More power to you, Alex. I think, in honesty, you woke me up years ago. I've been listening to you off and on for the better part of 15 years. 
And I can't thank you enough. I can't thank you enough for everything that you've done to try and wake American citizens up. Do I think that there's some stuff that's kind of shady or questionable? Possibly. I have questions on certain things. I'm not a diehard, only one person kind of fan. We're all fallible. We're all human. We all make mistakes. Absolutely. But I'm definitely in your corner. And uh, my point that I'm trying to make here is get out of the get out of the minutia of everything for a minute. And I know that's kind of awkward and ironic being that we're a podcast talking about all these events. And I'm telling you now, Hey, turn everything off for a minute and go hug your wife, go pick up your kid and throw them in the air. Cause another thing that was told to me that really got my brain spinning was I was talking to my mom about my kids and I have a four and five-year-old. Now my kids are big, like tall. They're not fat. They're tall. They got my height and their mom's skinniness. So they're going to be blessed. But for girls and girls, their age, they're monsters. And I was one of my daughters, my oldest daughter, and said, dad, pick me up. And I was like, oh, my back hurts. Just thinking about picking your ass up. And I went to go pick her up and I was like, you know, struggling to get her up for a second. And uh, I was making a joke. I was like, you're getting heavy. You're getting heavy. Daddy can't pick you up like this very much anymore. And I put her and she goes, dad, you're strong. You know, she was playing with whatever. So she goes and runs off. And then my mom said, because I had my mom on the phone at the time. And my mom goes, every time she asks you to pick her up, please do it. Because you never know. You'll never remember when the last time you picked them up was. Mm-hmm. That's something that, you know, I like to think about every now and again when I'm drinking. Was take a look at like any event in your life. The last time something happened. Mm. Last time you're hanging out with a friend or whatever. You've been hanging out for years and years. And then there's just that one day. You hang out with them and no, neither of you know that's going to be the last time you're going to meet yeah. and it's done and it never happens again. It's done. Yeah. It's over the life, the, you know, that's, that's the way life works. And, 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 and well, and just to kind of add to what you've been saying, you know, when you're thinking about what to do and what not to do and you know, what, what you should do, you know, if you want to be an activist or whatever, and this is more, yeah, this is for anybody. Uh, but try to play the action out to its conclusion before you go and jump since yeah. you're one person sure yeah. but if you're one person in a machine you're strengthening that machine to do something else do you really want that so like you mm. know since we, we we've been kind of bouncing around afghanistan for the younger people in the audience i don't know if you're a young morocco guy but i bet you're hot the uh like we, you know i talk around there's a, an entire well there's two generations of people that I interact with on a daily basis who have no memory of 9-11 happening whatsoever. It's crazy. So they don't understand why we're making this big to-do about the withdrawal and all. They don't understand it. It's beyond their... And, they, you know, they're all bent about COVID. But I'm like, look, you didn't live through the anthrax attacks. You didn't live through... <laughs> ours. Buckets, <laughs> SARS, piggy flu. You didn't live through any of that shit, okay? So, like... Forgive me for not giving a shit. Like I've already lived through five of these things. All right. right. So it's no, not, it's not a big deal. You don't understand. It's the biggest thing. Like, dude, this happened like every other week when I was growing up, like there was some cataclysm happening all the fucking time. But like for people our age, what was it? SARS had a 50% fatality. Yes. Yeah, bird flu, bird flu had SARS? like 80 to 90% mortality. And that's, and we're, and we're, we're, Worried. We're losing our shit over 0.02%. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like this would happen in 2003. It wouldn't have made like, you wouldn't have found it on page 15 in any newspaper. And you had to read the newspaper found this since you didn't have the internet. 
All right. You would have found this in a tabloid like the Sun on not something respectable like National Enquirer. You know, you'd have found yeah, you know. But like my point is like these people, you know, this is their big moment. And this, they're they're sorting out their emotions and their emotions are getting played. For us, That's, our big thing was nine eleven was our big thing. And we all all of yeah, us absolutely the uh, us, the Xers and the boomers all got behind the machine. We gotta we gotta stick it to these guys. Okay. Three thousand of our guys die on our soil. We don't know if it's yeah. a false flag or not. We don't even think about that at the time. We don't even we who we didn't we didn't give a we shit. We didn't even know what false flag no, was. Not at that time. We didn't even know what that meant. <laughs> Alex all knew what it knew, meant. But all like, we knew was the Taliban and anybody a little browner than me, you gonna get some questions, that, boy. That's it, that, and so, like, you know, we launched this war under the pretense we were gonna get the people who stuck us, as if it's like Pearl Harbor, and that's basically how they sold it to us. Well, that was a little bit different since that was an army of a nation, so we could target that. We beat the right. army, we win. Who the fuck did this? We don't really. It's a Saudi investor. Who knows? Some right. dude on a dialysis machine up in the hills in a mountain somewhere where a reporter got to him before the military did, but yeah. And, and who's playing COD on a daily basis with all the money in CIA and, and, you know, NSA. (laughs) He's a devout cod player. All right. And I've probably shot him a thousand times in real life and he watches hentai. All right. Oh, he's a fucking weeb on dialysis and he's a fucking gay. He's a fucking E thought before that was cool. And he's a furry. And he's a furry. So, <laughs> and he probably has the high score in every shooter game ever. And he has like his own fanfics. Okay. And See? to be, do all that shit, he's also a millionaire. All right. So it's the most remarkable life story who, ever. Who just not 30 days prior to 9 11 was in the White House. Let that sink in. Yeah. It, it, don't let it sink in too much. All right. The, the kids don't understand. All right. But like the point is, but then we, we did all... him like Megatron shot him and dumped his body in the ocean. We don't have any pictures of it, we don't have any yeah. but trust us, we did, <laughs> we did it like Megatron. Oh, and, and like half the dudes and half, <laughs> and half the dudes that were on the team that did the thing, they're all dead. Yeah. So don't question that. But like the point is that like we got our emotions hyped. And so we lost 3,000 people in 9 11. Tragic for all 3,000 people. All right. And then the people who are still suffering like the the ripple effects the health effects from that okay we killed how many millions of iraqis civilians who had nothing to do with anything how many millions of afghanis and and then the insurgents and all that shit how many millions of people did our machine kill to avenge 3000 now we can talk about numbers all day no but no no no, could- no 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 we're not this is this being being that i'm going to be honest here okay i know everybody that has ever served in the military or fire EMS or police or whatever. Whenever you hear about someone's reason for why they joined is because they wanted to help other people. You go, Oh my God, get this fucking leave out of here. But let's be honest. The majority of the reason why anybody starts this career path is because they wanted to help. If it's yeah. for any other reason, because of, but the point is yeah. or anything else, then but the point not, is you joined a machine. If you're in the military, you joined a machine that you didn't fully understand their motivations, right? And they played on your emotions that right. has now left millions of random civilians dead and is still killing thousands by the day. If you could go dead. back in time and tell the people on September 12th, 2001, that in 20 years, we're going to end the war that this day caused in 20 years. We're going to end the war that this day caused with leaving 10 to 30,000 American citizens 
behind their lines. Forget the fact that we're going to leave them armed mm. well better than 80% of all the countries in the world. Forget the fact that we're going to leave very, very sensitive material over there. Forget the fact that we're also going to have 10,000, 10,000 to 30,000. And we lost 3,000, you know, and now 10 to 30,000 are going to get their fucking heads blown off. And here is the best. Here's the worst part to me. Okay. I wanted to be a firefighter and a lot of reasoning behind 9-11. Well, I wanted to be an EMS because of 9-11. I be, desired to be a firefighter through my love of EMS because I didn't want to be. Anyway, that's another story. Bottom line, you have first responders, police, fire, EMS, volunteers, anybody that was there on ground zero. They were told with all the shit debris in the air, it's okay. It's okay. It's fine. It's not going to hurt you. It's, it's totally fine. Totally, totally fine. And within 15 yeah. years, just about every single first responder that they didn't get blown up. They weren't in the buildings when they collapsed. They weren't the initial tar part of the initial target. They were there to try and help. But because they were on ground zero and saw things firsthand, now they're dead. Let that just just think about that. Think like you got like I said, you have to think about downstream of what you're about to do. You have to think about it downstream. Is it going to be worth it? And you know, you got the diehards like, yeah, it's worth it. We got, we got, I'm like, but okay. And it's real easy also. And this is something, and this is something we talked about off air a couple episodes ago. Like people don't experience death personally anymore. Like it's a very rare thing. The most common time you will see death, you'll be middle-aged and your parents are dead. Mm. That's for the average person now. That's not how it used to be. Very little people have had their hands in someone's guts before, mm. you know? I mean, even today in, in today's society in places that have more shootings per capita than yeah, still, still like Chicago or Detroit or things of that nature, still you don't majority. see people running up and yeah. trying to help. You don't see people running up and trying to intervene. Well, my, point, my, my point is that for the people that, me. for the people that are like, you know, the, well, they did this to us, we got to make them pay. Right. I'm thinking and if this, I, like, if I may, if I may just say real quick, even, even if it is your cousin, your brother, your sister, your uncle, your aunt, whatever that got shot in the street, the majority of the way things go in today's society, at least here in America, if not worldwide is you're doing this, you're doing this, you're trying to, you're trying to video, you're trying to live stream, you're trying to whatever you're not in the moment. So, so because you have this phone between you're not in there, you're not in the emotion of what's happening, you and this event happening, it detaches you. Yeah, you're not there in the event. Sorry, mm -hmm. go ahead. No, but like exact. So like these P it's real easy to drone strike a children's hospital over here. Since you've never seen death, you don't really understand it. Imagine being there with kids guts on your hands. Mm. And all of this transpired because people got killed in New York and DC. And I get that. I understand that. But why did a thousand kids need to die for it? They had nothing. They weren't even born in the same decade. Right. Why do they have to die? And it's not even the bad guys doing it. It's you doing it in the name of those 3,000 that died. Millions of people, guts, the gore. And like, that's why people come back from all these shitholes. And they've seen like, what you need to, and people, again, they don't, we have this thing and I'm going to rag about the US. I always rag about the US's attitude towards the military since that's just what I've, you know, but it's like, oh, you guys are our heroes, blah, 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 blah. And then when they come back, they're damaged goods, and we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to hear about it. We want to keep our mythalized, clean version of what happened. 
I know a Marine who shot a fucking rocket into a building. It was like an apartment building in Iraq, shot a rocket into it and blew it up, blew up like, you know, a couple rooms, whatever, blew it up because he thought there was somebody shooting at him. And again, we're an invading force. So why wouldn't they be shooting at us? But he said, okay, we had it. I thought I saw fire. So I shot in there and he went over there and it was nothing but women and kids. And he said, I blew up 30 people. And he came back. He's like, what the fuck did I just do? I murdered 30 people and American civilians don't want to hear about it. You're our hero. Don't talk about that. We'll put you in the VA and some kind of group for PTSD. No, 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 no. You sent him over there and now he killed 30 innocent people by accident, you know, but still he killed 30 innocent people who had nothing to do with anything that may or may not have even tangentially impacted your life 20 years ago. He killed 30 people who had nothing to do with that. And now what's the ripple effect of that going to be? How many more people are going to die due to that one action? And that's what he, and he's like, uh, he's a wreck since he's like, what did I just do? These people, like these kids that survived, I killed their parents. I killed their siblings. They're going to grow up and they're going to want my kids dead. And I can't blame them for doing it since I'm the one that killed their family. What did we just do in the name of 9-11? Like, what did we fucking do? And we, it, it, it just fucking bothers me. Like, you got to think about the long term of what you're going to do. We like to think about it in World War II, even World War II, and you and me go on this a lot. <laughs> but we have this like whitewashed image of the war that there was clear good guys and clear bad guys and we had to kill the bad guys and blah. Okay, I listened to this history podcast and they talk about like uh, the this one episode, they talked about the Tokyo raid that we did right after Pearl Harbor where we bombed Tokyo. As a result of that... 100,000 Chinese civilians were massacred due to helping the Americans. And they're like, imagine if that got back to the American press, that, and the American press were allowed to publish it. And they weren't because the government put their thumb on that shit. But 100,000 random Chinese kids, they didn't have nothing to do with Pearl Harbor, nothing, were dead and were tortured to death, most likely, due to the fact we wanted to make ourselves look bigger, that we weren't going to get hit like that. And, you know, I get that. That was a war. It was a, it was the last arguably justified war we did since it was, the declaration of war was declared and all that. But still, what's the ripple effect of this shit that you're about to do? You know, you're like, we won our mission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 10,000 random people died. Was that a success for you? And what is that? And then sure as shit, you fast forward 10 years after that. Those same Chinese people that were dead because the Americans did some bullshit. Guess who they're supporting? Now they're supporting the Soviets. Now they're supporting the North Koreans and they're killing more Americans. And they're going to tell their grandkids and they're going to tell, you can't trust the Americans. You can't trust them since they did this to us. They didn't care about it. And there was this, there's a saying. So again, back to World War II, it's it's a treasure trove of sayings. But when um, MacArthur pulled out, when he had to leave the Philippines and all that, he had to do his retreat. One of the like Philippine generals was like interviewed or he was just, you know, they, they transcribe what they were saying. And he's like, America is a guy. So if you're in a room with somebody, America is the guy that will allow his sister to be raped in the other room as long as his business can go by unabated and he can still look good. So he's like, do you think they're really going to give a shit about their colony in the Philippines? No. As long as they can still look good and they can still come out looking like they're the victor and they're strong, they could give a shit. They were getting raped and pillaged every day. They gave two fucks about the Philippine people. And I was like, yeah, that's that's America. We don't you know, give a shit. 
I think the biggest telltale of all this that everybody's just going over everybody's fucking head is over the last, gosh, what, four and a half years, five years now, we have been so politicized left and right that it's an us versus them scenario. But nobody is talking about the us of collectively, all of us, whatever skin color you are, whatever religion, whatever gender, any of that. Are you the one that makes the laws? No. No. Are you the one that pulled everybody out? No. Are you the one that sits up on stage and talks about how America is so great and this and that and other countries are bad? And that we need to focus our efforts in certain areas and not other areas. No, the us versus them needs to be anybody and everybody in this country that willingly or forcefully abides by the law that is held to the law and those that aren't. Mm -hmm. That's the us versus them that needs to happen from this. Because if it doesn't, then the 10 to 30,000 Americans that were left there to die for nothing. The 3,000 plus people that died on 9-11 for nothing. The whole thing, and that's, I think, what pisses me off the most. So the death toll, let's say 5 million over all of this for everybody. What was it for? Did America gain financial clout and colonies and we could be a bigger? No. What the fuck was it for? 5 million people gone. For what? For fucking what? We gained, well, I say we the people who made the plays gained financially insurmountably personally. And as a country, as a whole, we gained or garnered more militant presence, credibility, and then soon lost it (laughs) in a spectacular fashion in 72 hours. And really what it is, is certain people. And I don't know who all they are. I don't, I don't have a, blacklist of every individual and to be quite honest the people working in the offices in dc in the pentagon in the military places and fucking even boeing any of our contract um, companies they don't even know the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing no one person knows everything and that's how they keep themselves safe from i forget who said it they said that accountability I forget it's who said loss. it. They said that and the bureaucracy exists to make itself more relevant. Like people at a mm-hmm. certain point are phased out of the bureaucracy. The bureaucracy will make things to make the bureaucracy stronger. People are no longer relevant. It doesn't matter who the leader is and what it doesn't matter. The bureaucracy will sustain itself and grow on it. It's its own like pseudo AI type deal. And when that happens, tell me what the difference between that and communism is. Tell me what the difference between that and a totalitarian dictatorship is. A three-piece suit. Yep. And a pension. Mm-hmm. And we don't got to wear that stupid olive drab shit, but we all get Adidas track suits at the end. So the one thing that I hope everybody gets out of this is <laughs> gold chains. <laughs> what, I, what I hope everybody gets out of this, whether you're old, whether you're young, whether you're in the next generation or our generation, realize something. When I say, when, when you start hearing people talk about the MSM, Mainstream media, I hope you understand that that's every agency, Fox News, Max News, or Newsmax, whatever the hell, every single news agency that's syndicated on nationwide television that has a spot in your paid cable box, 
they're all on the same platform. They're all in the same pot. They're just reading different lines of different characters in the script. That's all it is. Yep. What's amazing is that people know that and they still choose to believe it. What you and I need to do as American citizens is do what they don't want. Think for yourself. Do your own research. If you have the balls to post something, comment something, tag something, share something, forward something, whatever, then have the balls to research it before you do that. Think two steps ahead. Because how many people were talking about how great Biden was that had no clue about him, that did not have an understanding that he's been in politics for 40 years, that he's been best friends with the leader of the KKK, that he spoke at the man's funeral, that he's been (laughs) just out in the open uh, against uh, uh, integration, integration, pro-segregation, but bought into this media rebranding of him being this grandpa that wants to save America and eat ice cream or Kamala Harris. Who's this amazing African-American. Who's the voice of the POCs of the nation when she has done absolutely nothing, but incarcerate more black men in this country under her watch and single and single moms. Don't forget them and single moms. Absolutely. That too. And has done absolutely nothing for the average American who she then has garnered any form or fashion of influence with. The only way, wake up and think, what do you know about politics? And if you can't answer a question that doesn't involve a two-second blurb from a main news media outlet, Fox included, then do some research. Here's another thing. When you're doing, when you have a position and you're going to have an argument, how much of your argument (laughs) was stated by somebody else? How much of what you believe mm. is a quote from somebody else? That means you didn't do the And that's the, the same thing with religion. Yep. That's the same thing with religion. Well, my pastor said, well, my mama said, well, youth group you, said, no. If you're quoting other what people, you know? that means you don't know. Yeah. You need to know your fucking, that's the thing. Like with the whole COVID shit. And I, I go onto forums just to basically to fuel myself with my daily rage, uh, quota. I need to have rage to keep myself alive. Um, but it, these it, it, both sides will say they just didn't read the blah, 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 the research. I'm like, well, okay, well, what's your research? Well, I heard this guy said, so that means you didn't do it. That means you're listening to someone else tell you what they found. That means you didn't find it. That means you don't know anything. So you shouldn't be talking <laughs> right now. Now, that doesn't also mean, you know, that just because it was said by somebody else doesn't, doesn't mean, mean it's, not, it's true. not true. That's what that's, it means yeah, exactly. is that you didn't look for it, it yourself to confirm it if you, or whatever. If you, if, if, if you have a standing point on anything, political, religious, doesn't matter. Ask yourself, why? Why do I believe this? What influenced me to believe that this is true? And I'll use an easy example. The sky's blue. I believe the sky's blue. It's my scientific conclusion. Maybe the sky isn't blue per se, but it gives off the appearance of a blue hue in the atmosphere. So when you look up, you see blue. You don't see pink. You don't see purple. You don't see red. You don't see orange. You don't see gray. You see blue. Now, clouds can make a difference in coloration. The sunset can make a differentiation in the colorization of the sky, but the sky itself is blue. Why? Well, because I can see it. If I live my entire life underground, as a mole, 
working in the coal mines where I literally lived in the coal mine for 20 years. And I get a letter from my family or let's say I'm incarcerated and I'm, you know, in solitary confinement and I'm not even given my hour in the day in the yard or whatever. Don't have a window, nothing. And someone tells me, Hey, this guy's changed color because of the atmosphere and global warming or whatever the case may be. And they tell me it's pink now. I'm like, Oh, wow, it's pink. And then I finally get an opportunity to have communication with somebody else that's also underground. And I tell them, Hey, you know, the sky's pink now. No, it's not. The sky's blue. Are you nuts? No, I got a letter and it told me my, my, my brother called, wrote me a letter and he told me sky's blue, man, or the sky's pink now. Well, if I haven't seen it, then I don't know it. It's just what I've been told and I'm being a good boy and I'm parroting what I've been told. And because I have a desire to be liked, to be mm-hmm. approved of, to be interesting to others. I want to share with you something that I don't think you know yet. And I want to have first dibs. I want to have the first video on it. I want to have the most views on it. When in reality, all we are doing is chasing our own tail instead of the truth. When you talk to somebody, and here's a question. When you talk to somebody about something that you think you know, or you want to know, or you think you want to know more about, do you talk more and, and argue more than you listen? Or do you take note? of what they're saying and then go and look it up because we don't live in an age where people want to know anything. I, you know, I wonder if they want to tell everybody. I I wonder if the reason why that is, is that people there, they don't see what you, what you've laid out is basically an argument for empiricism. And that's a very, and there's what's, what's the, there's, um, that's what the foreground is. Yeah. It's, 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 there's two schools of thought broadly speaking in this arena and one is empiricism and the opposite is like data-driven logic cold hard logic so the big the greatest example of this was people back in you know not too far ago uh not believing that like dirty water would get you sick well why is that i don't know people drink dirty water and i've watched them get sick you don't actually know so they'll get they'll catch you on the why and then people don't want to get caught on the why and feel dumb. So they'll stay quiet and then parrot people who have the why since they don't understand. You have to be comfortable not knowing the why. Mm. You don't need to know the why to know the sky is blue. You know, why is the sky blue? I don't know. All right. The sky is blue since it needs to be. The sky is blue because God loves the infantry. I don't fucking know why it's blue, but it's blue. I can see it. It's blue. And that's the empirical thing. And then, but, and that's a, it's a split within the, um, kind of within the scientific community is the empiricists versus the logic driven people. Well, if you can't prove it, then it isn't that way. That doesn't mean anything. If you're watching it happen, it's obviously fucking happening. Right. So then that's good enough until you get more information. It's a good, you don't need to have the details as to the why to know that, oh, this Starting is probably. Point. Yeah, you can, you can, you you can start it. And that's what people, so I think like, so there's a lot of people that are just dumb and lazy and like to parrot and one up people. But then there's people who genuinely, I think would speak out, but they don't want to get caught on the why and seem dumb. So they'll be quiet since they are not, they're not comfortable saying since they can read a scientific paper, but they don't understand the whys of what's getting put before them. That's not necessarily important. Mm. If you read it yourself, and you see the numbers, and you can understand the numbers, you know, play to your strengths. If you understand something, okay, you understand it. Own that and use that. 
I understand this. I saw this. And here's the this other is point. what it was. To take COVID, yeah. I mean, and, and to take COVID as a prime example, you can say, look, the data from the CDC shows that taking the vaccine doesn't inhibit you from catching or transmitting the virus. So well, then, then what's the point? <laughs> right. Well, you tell me. Yeah, exactly. What's your thought? And then Why they'll go, well, the expert, all the experts have told me, no, 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 no. They're not parent. the one that's going to get that in their arm that yeah. has immunity from any adverse reactions for you, your child, your brother, your sister, your uncle, your but cousin. But there's, fl- there's a flip side to the empirical, the, the, the Achilles heel to the empirical way of thinking is that you start believing your microcosm is the way it always is. So just because the sky is blue doesn't mean that what's happening in your neighborhood exists everywhere. It could happen everywhere in a broad term, but it's not a general rule, like the sky is blue. So you got to be able to temper that and be like, okay, well, blah, blah, blah. So like people, well, vaccines are safe, blah, blah, they're always, blah, blah. There's always going to be people that get hurt, blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's true. Yes, but let's look at right now. And then likewise, you know, you could have the vaccines that are getting rolled out now and be like, look at all the mortality rates and, you know, morbidity rates and all that shit. Therefore, the DTaP vaccine is bad. Well, no, that means right now what you're looking at is this right now. Be able to be honest enough to say what I'm looking at is what I'm looking at and don't try to extrapolate it unless you can see more, you know? And that the best example I got for that, and I get into arguments with this all the time, or I did uh, when I was still in these circles, in the political debate circles, uh, was with uh, like police brutality and black people getting arrested more than white people and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, my cousin got arrested, but I'm like, okay, I get you. That's your neighborhood. I understand that. And it's true for your neighborhood. I'm not going to debate you that it's not true for your neighborhood. You're witnessing it. It's true for your neighborhood. But is it true for my neighborhood? Is it true for that guy's neighborhood? Is it true for everybody's mm-hmm. neighborhood? No, it's not. And that's when you got to look broader out and, and you got to look at was- more data, you know. And that's where it transitions from the empirical into the logic. Empirical is a good starting point, but then you got to build upon it. And logic and data is the best way to build upon it. But it takes time and it takes honesty and a lot of discipline to do that properly. And most people aren't going to do that. But to your point, you know, and to our greater point, don't believe, don't rehash what people are saying. Look at for yourself, research it for yourself. And then only speak to the shit that you know, you know, if you've seen it, you know it, like that's what you know, but don't be so bold as to then go, I know this is true in this circumstance. Therefore, it's always true everywhere. Don't be so brazen to do that. Don't be so prideful to do that. All right. But have the confidence to state your facts. Those are your facts. And that's what they are. And just argue it there. Argue that make the battle there. Don't battle. Don't let someone move the battle lines to their advantage. Keep it in your territory. You know, I think the other part to it is, I mean, always, always have a gut check. Do I really want to know an answer, even if it makes what I know wrong? Mm -hmm. Do I really want to know the answer, even if it makes me wrong? Or am I just trying to prove how right I am? Mm -hmm. And I think, I think the world that we're walking into right now, both digitally and physically is a world where nobody wants to be wrong and being wrong is offensive. So if you say something that makes me wrong, you have to be quiet or silenced. And because we all can be wrong, 
that is us as a society handing over our right to thought, to speech, to opinion, and to do basic self-education where I learned this out the other day. I learned that by doing this. I learned that by going to this conference. I learned this by doing that. When we make being wrong offensive and anything offensive is intolerated, is not tolerated, then we are the ones that essentially silence ourselves. And that happens on the micro level of daily interaction or lack thereof, not wanting to get out of your own bubble, your own political circle, your own religious realm, whatever the case may be. And without having an understanding of where your opposition is coming from, what the grounds or basis for their theory or their belief of what truth is, is you have no starting point of any real educational debate or discussion, then it's just a shouting match. Mm -hmm. And that will soon turn into return to monkey, where you just start beating the shit out of each other for the dumbest thing. And also remember that, like, what's, what's the guy, what's that black guy that, uh, D that got people to leave the clan. What was his name? Daryl something. I forget his name. He's like, a Oh, um, you know, the guy I'm talking about. Yes. I, for, I forget his name. I think he's a prime example of this because it's incredibly easy to get someone who's a idiotic extremist to abandon their extremism because they're just been told shit their whole life. This is what, this is what it is. And then as soon as you confront that with something that you know is true and you just go, well, who told you that? Have you ever seen that? It falls apart immediately. Daryl Davis. Davis. That's his name. He, he, he had a, he was, uh, I think it was on the Joe Rogan podcast. He talked about, uh, one of the guys he got to leave the clan was getting an argument with him. Well, it was not an argument. They were just talking. And he was saying that, you know, black people genetically are predisposed to be violent and white people aren't. And that's why, you know, black people, and he's like, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. And he's like, no, it isn't. He was like, well, how many black people do you know? Well, you're the only one. Okay, well, there's that. And I'm I violent. No, you're not, but you're an exception to the rule. Black people are genetic. Okay, you must have a white ancestor or whatever. Okay, fine. He's like, if that's true, white people have a genetic predisposition to be serial killers. And he's like, that's absolutely retarded. And he's like, okay, name me one black serial killer. And he's like, and he was just quiet the rest of the car ride. And like the next week he left the clan. He's like, well, you said that. Yeah. And then I realized it was bullshit. Everything I was told was just something I was told, but I never really like thought about it and like started to ask questions myself. And as soon as you do that, it's fucking gone, you know? And see, that's, that's where you walk the fine line between what to do. And I speaking from a Christian standpoint, do I take up arms? Do I partake in this emotional LARPing? Like what goes on in your major cities like Seattle or Portland, where you have left wing and right wing people beating the shit out of each other with flags and pipe bombs and stuff where fireworks, not pipe bombs. Mm-hmm. They're too dumb to bring a pipe bomb. They're not from the nineties. Uh, They're not yeah. high schoolers from the nineties. Yeah. They never went to high school in, <laughs> in a Colorado. Colorado. Town. Yeah. <laughs> they never knew. Um, where, where do you, where, where do I stand? What do I do? Where's my limit? Where's the line that I draw in the sand that I say, okay, enough's enough. Now it's time to <clears throat> no longer metaphorically, but physically do do something about it. Well, I think when the fight is physically brought to you, even then you run like uh, Jocko, 
said mm-hmm. on, on his podcast. I mean, this dude is a tier one boy. This dude is, like you said, high speed, low drag, 24-7. That dude is nothing but I will kill anything. He's a hate machine is what that he opposes is. me mm. physically. I mean, he could do damage if he wanted to. And he said, even when someone's arguing with me, even when someone's coming at me, um, yelling at me, verbally accosting me, walk away. It's when they grab me that things change. And that's something good. I'm, you know, I've been thinking about that as we've been talking, you know, because doing nothing is often the best solution, but it's not, it's a paradox because doing nothing is often better than doing something, but doing nothing also will and it is as bad as doing something sometimes. And you have to be able to go, you have to be able to like figure out when you got to be able to do something. And I think it might boil down to just what do you know at the time, you know? And if you, if you, if you're dealing with these like, you know, multinational whatevers, what are you going to do? You know, it, it's factual. Okay. What are you going to do? Nothing. So then why burn your, why, why spin your tires? You know, why? But if it's like, you know, your house is on fire and your kids are locked in a room or whatever. Are you just going to sit there? Well, no, we're doing nothing. Well, doing nothing's as bad as doing something, you know, is <laughs> doing, you know, you got to do something, you know, and it's one of those, you know, it's kind of what, what do they call that? Um, this is one of the, um, the drawbacks that people who have been designing AI have come in contact with, you know, over and over and over again is computers are very linear, logical machines. They have to have a certain, they're very autistic. So they need to have their rules and anything that breaks the rule is to be ignored. So like, I can tell you, you know, slow and steady wins the race and you'll go, yeah, yeah, that's right. And then I'll also tell you the early bird catches the worm and you'll go, yeah, that's right. So you can hold two competing things at the same time in your head and know they're both true, but not true of each other. And they're both true, but not true at the same time. And your brain is able to know that, but, and that's one of those things like doing nothing is often the best policy until it isn't. This is, this is what makes me think of you. Okay. Would you vote for, if you don't mind me asking. Actually, I voted for Bernie Sanders, believe it or not. Very cool. Uh, would you consider yourself to be a socialist? Um, kind of, but at the same time, anarchist, if it goes or if it gets to that point, because words are just words until action actually starts and actions speak louder than words. But at the same time, words speak loud in actions because sometimes it's the right thing to do. So I, first off, my voice isn't that high. It's high, but it's not that fucking high. Okay. I'm not getting butt fucked by Mickey Mouse. Okay. Listen, first off, disrespectful. Second off, I am very insulted. That's very accurate. I'm very insulted at how accurate that is. Words until action actually starts. And actions speak louder than words, but at the same time, words speak louder than actions because sometimes it's the right thing to do. I don't appreciate this at all. Hilarious. (laughs) This is the most disrespect (laughs) I've ever dealt with. And I don't like your tone, and I I find your grin very condescending, and I am very offended. The funny thing is, is, I can't believe I'm going to say this. He's kind of (laughs) right. It's, it's what I found uh, uh, yesterday is the furry conundrum, okay? You see a furry broad, okay? If you fuck her, you're a furry degenerate. But if you pass, you're a fag. And what are you going to do with that? You can't do anything. 
you're in a paradox. It's the furry paradox. And it's, it's, it, it is what it is. I got, I got an answer to that. And I'm going to answer it for you. If the PP is cute, it's not gay. So we can move past this conversation no. already. All right. No, 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 no. Call me old fashioned. I like my women without dick. Well, you, you've never been to Thailand. No. See, we just got to broaden your horizons. Until you've been to. whining you. and dining, and you're sitting here like, okay, nope. and you get her up to your bedroom to find out, nope, there, nope, it's, uh, nope, that, nope, that's, nope, you've been bamboozled, you've been hoodwinked, all right, what are you going to do? <laughs> well, everybody's watched you whine and dine this bitch all night, you don't, you turn it down, you're a fag, and that's what's going to happen. <laughs> and listen, what is more straight than dominating another man, Okay. Just keep that in your head. All I'm saying, not that I'm saying from this from personal experience, but, okay, listen, we've all been in a place, okay, that we don't. You are fake news. Listen, I'm as real <coughs> as porn star's titties, all right? And I'm telling you right now, honestly, for truth, I'm not lying to you, all right? Hey, come on, man. Do the thing, all right? Listen, we did it. Come on, man. I really don't like how this conversation has turned against me. I really don't appreciate it. <laughs> I've outed myself as a pervert degenerate, <laughs> and I don't have an argument against it. And you're like, uh-huh. Keep talking. Keep talking, soy boy. Listen, okay? Tofu can be delicious. Oh, God. I've, I'm digging this hole so deep, I'm hitting awesome. coal. Awesome. Uh, uh. Nice. So I think what we need to do as Americans is focus on... Not Realizing. on me. Focus on something else. <laughs> oh, you're taking the Biden approach. Gotcha. Hey, man, come on. Pat, cut the camera off. <clears throat> Who doesn't like sniffing hair? I'm hitting that high sulfur coal right now. Oh, Lord. No. <laughs> I, think, I think what we need to do is focus as Americans on the idea that we are very expendable to our country, not only as military personnel, but also as civilians. And with that knowledge, I mean, take it with a grain of salt and realize that your government's not here to protect you. Your government is not here to coddle you and put a bottle in your mouth and rock you to sleep and tuck you in. They're here to get what they want. And if it means over you or through you, they'll do it if you let them. So my hat's off to any and every American that's over there right now trying to do whatever they can to try and save other American lives and other valued asset personnel. And I'm going to say now in 2021, the same thing that I said in 2003, let them know that it's going to be death, like unprecedented biblical, biblical death, get our personnel out, set a time frame, and say, maybe not even set a time frame. let them guess and just say, we'll get out when we want to get out. And if you're in our way, and if you try and fuck with us in, in the meantime, you will be handled accordingly. Once all of our personnel are out, nuke the entire area. Decimate it. Wipe it off the planet. Wipe that entire area off. And then reinstitute with whatever refugees that were brought over back into that area. And if you want to talk about how that would be a bad move politically on the world stage of of government of countries and things of that nature. Let me tell you, it'd be a lot better than what we got going on right now. It'd be a lot better than what we got going on right now, because as we approach the 20 year anniversary of September 11, we now look like the biggest bitch on the stage of, of the world. 
and anybody and everybody is going to come try and steal on us. And I'm and what we must do right you, now, think, what we must do right now is invest in boob jobs and a facelift. Look, all I'm saying is this, okay? Listen, I was young. I was only 25. I didn't understand what a Billy Boy was, okay? I got suckered into something that I I didn't know was going to get brought up on a on on an international uh, conversation, okay? Listen, just because, okay? Listen, all right? Frankly, all right? Here, here's the thing, all right? I was being multicultural. I thought I was doing the right thing. I didn't know what I didn't know, okay? I didn't know what was going on, okay? And I'd like to point out, for the record, okay, had I known what was going to happen, okay, had I known, um, I would have uh, paid less. That's all I'm going to say, and that's, that's, that's all I'm going to say, okay? And, th and, that, and that is my foreign policy suggestion uh, for anybody in the State Department, okay? Just tart yourself up, okay? Pay less. Just pay less, okay? Don't worry about it. Okay, don't worry about it. The Adam's apple, we can smooth that out later, okay? Don't nice. worry about it, okay? Nice. Well, they smoothed their Adam's apple out, all right? All my indicators were fucked. How am I supposed to know, all right? Anyway, listen, okay? Enough about me. Let's talk about Ken, okay? Let's talk about anything else. Jesus, let's talk about anything else. Shit. <laughs> Can't we talk? I mean, anything else. Let's, oh, my God. Can't we go back? Oh, Jesus. So all of you um, that are still listening somehow, thank you for uh for tuning in and um where this country goes i don't know man where we had where we're headed i don't know there's really only two things two two ways to go about it we nut up and just full-on commit and nuke the hell out of it or we do it andy over here just don't look at the face just pick don't out a pretty look, dress listen okay just don't look at the just don't look. Coming. just close your eyes and coming. it's whatever it wants you want it to be okay just do that all right. Go to your happy place. And, and make a podcast about it later. Oh, real quick. What do you think about the difference between um, impeachment versus court-martial? Because I think the president of the United States, based on my little understanding of the UCMJ and the position of commander-in-chief, I believe at this point in time, he would be available to be drawn up on charges for court-martial. Nope, he can't. It's a special Why? position. He's a civilian. You need to yes. be, you need to be, I, I understand, but it's a, it's specifically made so that they're above, they're outside of the military's circle. So UCMJ does not apply only civilian laws. So impeachment is the only he, he, court martial doesn't happen. Mm. All right. Well, then I'd say there's always a first time and maybe having that opportunity, that, that option on the table would uh, keep some of these dudes in line. Maybe it wasn't a good idea to make a civilian run the military. Facts. Anyway. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it was a good talk. See y'all later. I, and I really do think our best option right now is to kindly, politely, don't engage. When you hear people talking about how bad any conservative way or platform that was institutionalized prior to January, don't engage. When you hear people talking about how even on the other side of the spectrum, how bad Joe Biden is and everything of that nature don't engage because all you're going to end up doing is making yourself mad, making everybody else feel either against you or you're going to burn out that desire to have a change happen where they're going to feel like, Oh, I got it off my chest. Someone agrees with me. Okay. Moving on. Now what's on TV. Now what's on Netflix. Now what's, Oh yeah. I'm running out of beer. I need to go to the grocery store and get more beer. Just don't. And make them pay the bar tab. That's all I'm going to say. Happens. See y'all later.